Welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death, your favorite movie podcast about a veteran viewer and a virgin viewer of horror movies and all things scary. Uh, Or just your favorite movie podcast, period. This month, we are doing uh, movies with children as the lead. Is Is that how we're phrasing this? Let's do, let's call it horror movies revolving around children. Revolving around kids. I don't like the phrase... We're watching movies with about kids. Well, you're the one who sets this stuff up, we- brother. It sounds weird. Sorry. <laughs> it's it's a uh, kids horror movies. When Josh does stuff yeah. weird, I turn into apparently Hulk Hogan. <laughs> you picked this out, brother. <laughs> you Here start calling everyone brother, yeah. and then you eat sushi and make a sex tape and fart in the middle of it, and then you <laughs> say some racist shit on it, and then you get canceled. <laughs> But I then, super hope not. Your billionaire friend who owns a wrestling company keeps trying to push you on people, and everyone's like, "But we don't like him because he's racist." Can we trade um, him for Randy Savage in the afterlife and get Randy Savage back? But no, we can't because the world's not fair. So there you go. So thank you for joining us here on Josh's <laughs> opinion on WWE and all things Hulk Hogan. Uh, Just give me Randy Savage back afterlife. <laughs> Speaking of the afterlife, all right, what do you got? Uh, today's film is Something Wicked This Way Comes. Okay. So, Cindy, guess what? We're on a first today. What's up? This is a Disney movie. Oh, really? Yeah. It, Arguably. What was our first movie that, of this month? Wasn't it, uh... Pan's before, Labyrinth. No, Before I Wake. No. No, that was no, last? that was August. That was in August. I'm just saying, like, Before I Wake and Something Wicked, what's this one? Something Wicked This Way Comes? Something Wicked This Way Comes. Tech, yeah, so this is a Disney film. It's Disney. arguably one of the two most fucked up Disney movies. It came in a string of fucked up Disney movies in the 80s um, with things okay. like Return to Oz and The Black Hole. Oh, yeah, the, the Michael Hole Eisner Hunter, years were very dark. When they were like, let's make some scary shit. And uh, that's Josh's favorite period of Disney. Well, it's a Mike Eisner t- period right. of Disney. So there you go. Okay. When so when did this movie come out? Uh, in this the, movie like was, 80s, but when? Yeah, this movie was released April twenty ninth, nineteen eighty three. Eighty three. Nineteen eighty three. Eighty three. What were you doing uh, in nineteen eighty three? I was three. I would turn four uh, that December. Uh, so I was probably watching a lot of PBS and Nickelodeon if that was a thing by then. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, I know the. I know every step of the Nickelodeon creation still, story, but I don't know the year that I think it, it was started. Still pinwheel in '83. Oh yeah, then we still had it. Uh, I, for all intents and purposes, uh, grew up as a small Canadian child, even though I'm from New Jersey. Uh, watched a lot of Canadian TV, a lot of, Can- and I have no idea why, but it was my favorite. Your parents would gather around the TV and be like, FCTV's on. We don't watch them Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Oh. Uh, oh. Um, I was not even one yet, so I'm going to assume I was just shitting my pants and puking Hanging off your mama's teeth, baby. You know, being probably really annoying to everyone around me. Right. Because they're like, this, my mom told me once that I basically just cried all the time. Unless they drove me into the car, because <laughs> apparently I like driving in a car. But other than that, I just cried and shit. That's what I did as a baby. Well, and not much lovely. has changed as an adult. 
<laughs> not much. Uh, I just cry and bitch and shit. That's what I do. In that life, though. Welcome to being 39. Yeah. Uh, um, but the world of 1983 was was when Wheel of Fortune debuted <laughs> with the exact same host yeah. and a letter girl, I might add. Yeah, back when she had to turn the letters, not just touch the screen. Uh, Fraggle Rock debuted the same year. Love that. The final episode of that's Mash. what I was watching. Oh, I didn't watch that, but I've seen it since. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's their year that Reagan uh, proposed the Star Wars missile defense system. <laughs> yeah. Also, speaking of Star Wars, that's the year Return of the Jedi came out. So there you go. Okay. Um, I wrote this down just for you. Just for me? Because sometimes I feel like you need a little pick-me-up, Cindy. Okay. 1983 was the year that the Philadelphia 76ers won the NBA championship. Yay, my Sixers! And then they probably burnt their city down. Mm, Because that's what they do to celebrate. Possibly. Possibly. I mean, Possibly. if you saw any of that footage, that's not hypocritical. If you saw any of that footage of them winning the Super Bowl a few years ago, they, yep, fucked their city up. That's we what are, they do. We are a violent city. Um, <laughs> it's perfectly fine. It's totally normal. Uh, uh, didn't grow up with any kind of generational trauma. So um, there's also like a running theme between this movie and Pan's Labyrinth, that, which I guess the, the, I I guess child protagonists. Doing a movie every year that Nintendo debuts a console because 1983 oh. is when the actual OG Nintendo was released in Japan. Oh, cool. Pan's Labyrinth was the I Wii. thought it was Atari. This you were going OG Nintendo. It was back when it was called the Famicom. Famicom. Yep. Um, and the GPS became available to everyone. Who would have thought? Before that, it was just military only had access to GPS. Interesting. Yep. Reagan was like, if you could afford it, it to go the ahead. people, along with crack. So Might as well. Uh, and then also that was the year that Michael Jackson's Thriller video came out. Oh, changed the world. we all loved it. Yeah, we did. We he, still do. He yeah. might be canceled, but that song isn't. That song or that is video. Uh, how about some people that were born in yeah, Let's give me some borns, borns and dids. So let's, let's dip back to the Before I Wake episode. Okay. 1983 is the year Kate Bosworth was born. Whoa. Yeah, star of Before I Wake. Star, the mother of, in the movie, Before mm-hmm. I Wake. Uh, Lapidi Nyong'o was born that year. Okay. The mother in Us. Yep. <laughs> and Donald Glover. Dang. National the Childish Gambito himself. Treasure. Yeah, Donald Glover. Uh, and then people that died that year. I just want to hear Cindy make a sound. Karen Carpenter. <sighs> so. Have you ever seen Superstar? I need to pause and, and, Do you want and, me to tell and talk story? about Superstar for a second. Have you ever seen the movie Superstar? The Karen Carpenter story? With the Barbie doll. With the Barbie doll? Yes. No. There is a movie that you can find. It was made by, I I think it was, I can't remember the name of the director, but he's like a big time director. And he made a college film about the life of Karen Carpenter. And he made it with Barbie dolls. Okay. And as Karen Carpenter's eating disorder gets more out of control, he whittled the Barbie doll down. That's awful. So it was like thinner and thinner. So I grew, where I grew up, um, every, every year in health, you had to spend like a week talking about eating disorders and you had to have health, I think for one full quarter every year. In New Jersey, you had to spend a, a week talking about Karen Carpenter in school. I Wait, wait for it. <laughs> Wait for it. There are 54 children uh, or 
old adults now who can back me up on this. So um, our health teacher would just put on the Lifetime Made for TV movie, Karen Carpenter, A Star is Born. Uh, We just watched that movie for a week. That was also the movie that they put on whenever there was a substitute. So I have seen the real version of that movie a lot. Like an uncomfortable amount of times. A lot. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. I don't think we had... Did we have a movie? I don't think we had a movie that they just played on repeat in school. I mean, every year we had teachers who would play us the audio recording of the War of the Worlds radio broadcast. Okay. And That's we would talk odd, about but that all right. being like a thing. I love that, though. I fucking love to listen to that. But... You didn't just have to sit in a classroom and watch with commercials because uh, it was a VHS tape that he had taped off the television. Um, I And the substitute couldn't ever find the remote to fast forward through the commercials. Okay, now let me ask you a question. Yeah. If you had that tape right now, you know the thing you'd be most excited to see? Are the commercials. commercials. Oh, yeah. But so. like as a teenager, you're just like, this is so bad and so ghetto and poor and awful. Ugh, why are we like this? Um, okay, I will share a weird, embarrassing health gym story with you real fast to, to counterbalance yours. Thank you. So, in gym class, our health teacher, who also taught gym, because we would do... Yeah, like, same. Half the year would be gym, and the other half would be health, or vice versa. Yeah. So, in gym class, we had to do some sort of, like, dance, and our gym teacher was Bob Bird, the basketball coach. And the only thing he could teach was uh, square dancing. So he would. We had to learn how to square dance in gym class. I learned how to do. I learned line dancing. And that he way. would bring in a record player, and he had like three mm-hmm. square dancing records. That was it. And he's played them on a loop, and I could still in my head remember the one song would just say, "Ladies to the center and back to the bar." <laughs> guys come around with the right hand star that's all i remember but that just played all day in gym class and it drove me fucking crazy i am so not that much older than you but uh in new jersey we learned the only thing that rob and eric could teach was uh line dancing so we learned that's just because country line dance no <laughs> we did uh it was we did uh the the, the achy breaky heart oh wrong it should have been did, boot, scoot, We did boot, scoot, and boogie. There there we did all is. kinds of them. Uh, <laughs> by God. Yeah. And people wonder why. Uh, so, so yeah. speaking it, of boot, scoot, and boogie. Crazy. All right. Something wicked this week. <laughs> okay, back to our movie. Because you know what has nothing to do with boot, scoot, and boogie or Brooks and Dunn? <laughs> Something wicked this week. <laughs> a, a, a Disney movie. Yeah. Um. I did mention, like I said, this movie was released April 29th, 1983. It is one hour and 35 minutes long. It is rated PG. It's a Disney film. Love that. This is a fucked up Disney movie. We watched... Wait wait a minute. Oh, no. It was in a... What was the movie we watched last October? Um, With uh, the kid in the closet at school. Nope. I know you're talking about. Um, The Lady in White. That is not a Disney movie. What was that? it was like an independent film. Oh, okay. This is a studio backed Disney made movie horror film for kids. And it is fucking crazy. Okay. <laughs> this movie is like, I would say, I don't know if I mentioned this when I said like the two scariest movies Disney ever made. 
uh, were this and Return to Oz. This oh. is Return to Oz levels of I do unsettling at times. I also love Return to Oz. I think Return to Oz is actually slightly creepier than this movie. But goddamn, I love something wicked this way comes. Okay. Um, Who's in this movie? Well, hold on. This movie is directed by Jack Clayton, who oh, okay. directed The Innocence, which is a really good ghost movie. Who'd it, have thought? It is written by and based on the novel by Ray Bradbury. So Ray Bradbury was like, I wrote this book. Here you go. I know this movie. I teach this book. Do you? Yeah. Oh, wait, 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 wait. You're not, you're not thinking wait. of the Halloween tree, are you? No, no, no. Stop. Hold on. Which book, which we do a bunch of Ray Bradbury short stories. We do There Will Come Soft Rains. Well, this is a book. We will do, we do, uh, no, I get, okay, so maybe I don't. Maybe we haven't. Okay. Yeah, so I'm just going to let you know. I love me some Ray Bradbury, Yeah, I'm going to let you know right now that Ray Bradbury wrote this uh, as a screenplay in 1952 mm-hmm. after watching Gene Wilder and Singing in the Rain. And he wanted to, he like do this with Gene Wilder, so he showed it to uh, or to uh, not Gene Wilder, God, to Gene Kelly. So right. he showed it to Kelly, and Kelly loved it. And he wanted to make it his next movie after Singing in the Rain. Whoa. And then he took it around to Hollywood to backers, and they were like, "No, nope, <laughs> this okay. movie is fucking weird." Um, so he couldn't get it made. So Bradbury loved the idea so much he turned the screenplay into a novel. And then sold the novel, and then Disney bought the novel. And, and bought the rights like, to the... We would love to do a screenplay. And he was like, how about this? <laughs> how about this one that I have from 10 years ago that I based the, scre- I based yeah. the novel on? He actually dedicated the novel to Gene Kelly. So there you That's go. That's pretty sweet. That's a nifty um, factoid, dude. Yeah. So Jack Clayton directed Ray Barbary written based on his novel. I love Ray um, There were two composers... We'll talk more about the insanity that was the production of this movie because this movie has got a crazy production history. Okay. Um, the final product is not necessarily what the director and the writer intended, but it's what we got. All right. Um, so the first the first composer was a French composer named Georges Delarue. Um, he wrote a score that some of it's still in there, but it got rescored uh, at the behest of Disney by James Horner. Who you would know as this? This falls in his composing catalog between Forty Eight Hours and Crawl, <laughs> and then he would later go on to do not great scores for Commando, and then an incredible score for Aliens, James Cameron's Aliens. Uh, he scored Willow, right? Okay, uh, The one. Land Before Time, oh. The Rocketeer. He was, so he was 85 to like 95. Everything sounded like the way he wanted it. Oh, he went for a while. Um, I'm going to say this next movie because I think the score is really good. And so I know your feelings about this movie because Uh my feelings are mixed, but the score for Braveheart is really fucking good. (gasps) Like he did a really good score for Braveheart. Um, He scored Avatar. The movie's fine. It's just fiction fair uh, so james horner right big deal composer he nice a few years ago and he scored this yeah he scored this so i mean d- like, i mean it is disney right like, disney like scrapped the george Delarue score and then they brought him in and they're like could you redo this so there Dang. you go um 
Yeah. So just so you're aware, and I'm you're aware tracking of this. Okay. So um, after a poor, well, we'll talk about that later. But oh, Disney okay. made changes to the film, which Bray Bradbury and Jack Clayton did not intend. Oh, they, so um, they didn't have final cut. Many extra special effects scenes were shot by a second unit director after the original production. Arrived, okay. And other changes were made before its release. According to the Laserdisc commentary by Bradbury, much of his original intentions for the movie were destroyed. Okay, here yeah. we go. Uh, so... Are we able to watch the original or no? No, it does not exist. Damn. Well, no, here's the thing. Like, they shot it. And then Disney was like, let's shoot some extra shit and put it in there. And then that's what came out. So that's oh, the only thing that's okay. ever existed. It wasn't Damn. like there was an original cut. There was a cut. cut and then they recut it. Okay, I see what um, you're saying. The rights were originally bought by Kirk Douglas. And he was going to produce as well as play the role of the father. And that ended up not happening. Oh. But one of the producers on this film for Disney is Michael Douglas. Nice. So Full circle. that's a thing. Yeah. Uh, so the cast for this film. Okay. The, the the big heavyweight, really, is Jason Robards, who plays Charles Halloway. All right. Uh, if you are a Broadway person. That mm, I used to be in my day, sir. Jason I used Robards to be. is a name of note. Um, also, it does sound familiar. For, like, film? So he's it in Once Upon a Time in the West. All the President's Men, and one of his last, I think it wasn't his last, but his like second to last film, was Magnolia. The oh. Thomas Anderson movie. He played Love that. Tom Cruise's father. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jason Robards, really good at acting. So he, yeah, he's the dad character, which he's a bit old. <laughs> okay. In this movie to play the dad character, but it is what it is. It's like a, yeah, okay. Um, so, show stealer. Is the probably the Jonathan Price? Okay, is it like the lead, Mister Dark? Oh, he's the bad guy. Oh, uh, Mister you know, Dark. Yeah, you know him from Brazil. He's the lead of the movie Brazil by Terry Love Gilliam. That movie. Yeah, that movie is incredible, and he's also in Glengarry Glen Ross. Oh, uh, this movie also has Diane Ladd. Oh, that's name you don't hear every day. Yeah, wife of Bruce Dern, mm-hmm. mother of Laura Dern. Mm-hmm. Uh, she plays Mrs. Nightshade. She's in Wild at Heart, Chinatown, and Alice doesn't live here anymore. Yep. So, Diane Ladd. Okay. Speaking of names I don't get to say enough. And the bad guy you say is the heavy hitter, but all right. Speaking of names I don't get to say enough, uh, Royal Dano. Uh, Who is that? He plays a character named Tom Fury. I like that name. He is in Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Uh, Um, He's in a lot of other stuff, but let's be honest. He's in Killer Clowns from Outer Space. So random. (laughs) Okay. Uh, and then the last three people I want to talk about real fast. Because um, the technical, the leads of this movie are the boys. But they didn't really do a lot outside of this movie. Okay. They were so, just, they were um, child actors. And this was their, there's their thing. Yeah. Like Vidal Peterson plays Will Halloway. He's Jason Robard's son in this movie. And then Sean Carson plays Jim Nightshade. He's his best friend, son of Diane Ladd. Uh, Sean Carson would actually play in the movie The Fun House, directed by Toby Hooper. Okay. So he's got two horror films. There you go. And the last person I kind of wanted to bring up, they don't have a huge part in the movie, but it's crazy they're in this movie. Pam Greer. Really? (laughs) Yeah. She plays the Dust Witch. 
Okay. Um, Jackie Brown. Yeah. Coffee. Jackie Brown herself. Black Mama, White Mama. Scream, Blackula, Scream. <laughs> the list goes on for... The hits continue. 70s black exploitation star Pam Greer, who I love, I love with all my heart. Yeah. Um, yeah, this movie is fucking wild. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> super fucking wild. It, yeah. And I've, I mean, I've never even heard of it. This, that honestly really surprises me, and it makes me really happy because I've I, heard. Uh, I think you're gonna love this movie. Well, like yeah, lot. because I like Ray Bradbury. I'm just trying to think if it. You know, this pandemic year has me all thrown off, so it's been a minute since I've taught it. But we teach all these little stories, and I think that's one that we don't do because it's too long. So this is this. Uh, this works out for me. Yeah, I'm good with this. Um, this movie almost I like direct- the length too. Almost directed by Steven Spielberg. So before I even look at it, this is the part of the podcast where Josh shows me an original poster of the film, and I try to tell you a plot. Before I even look at it, I'm going to use my Ray Bradbury vision. It's going to have something to do with the world ending. Okay, look. Oh. I can't, all right, so it's like a man and people are walking in. Okay, what is the what's the quote at the top say? Uh, the tagline is, we, "We're far, too far away for me to see." I'm, a, I'm what would older. you give a man who could make your deepest dream come true? Okay. Oh, so this is going to be about a man who or a family who wants children and they can't have them, and so they ask him for them. Oh, that's a creepy movie. I've watched that movie too. Um, that ugh, okay. My prediction is you're gonna love this movie. Okay. I, think, I honestly think you're gonna really love this movie, as much as you liked. Um, I've liked a lot most of the movies we've done this yeah, one so far. As long as you, uh, they've scared me. Now here's the thing: you, if I'm memory serves correct, you really liked The Lady in White. Yes. If you liked that movie, you're gonna had- love this movie. It had Mona, if everyone doesn't remember, from yeah. Who's the Boss in it. So the secret to making a, a really good, good uh, child fantasy horror film is in to the have 80s Mona. is to have someone from Who's the Boss in yes. it connected somehow. Absolutely. Right. Hello. Yes. Or not? I'm not Who's the Boss. Uh, Brazil, because she played the mom in Brazil. She oh, was that's right. Price's yeah, yeah, yeah. In Brazil. I forgot. Yeah. We need to see that movie again. That's a long ass movie. It's it is, but it's. But a, this one's not. Where can we watch this? Yeah, uh, is it on Disney Plus? I, I don't is know. There... I think it might be on Disney Plus. I'm going to check. Okay. This is weirdly, from that period where Disney does not. Like it's to the Michael Eisner promote. years. Yep. So there's a DVD. <laughs> there's not a Blu-ray. Um, and you have it, of course. I have the DVD, and I believe the DVD for the longest time was only available through the disney store like you couldn't Uh, even buy it in stores or like through amazon gotcha well you had to go looking for it if you wanted it like the black cauldron yes i was just about to say these are so good and uh atlantis that's that's good that's thrown in there too isn't it yeah except that not just because that one's bad oh i i kind of liked it but okay (laughs) but yeah there's just they don't talk about those there's not there's not a fancy blu-ray for this or uh return to oz Nope, but I do like that movie. All right, well, uh, we're off to go uh, find if we can find, see if we can find this on Disney+. Plus. Join us, won't you? Mind the doors. 
coming, an electric storm to clean your streets and wash away your troubles. For every heart, there exists a wish. You ever play the numbers, Mr. Holloway? Me? Uh, never take risks. For every soul, there burns a desire. Oh, hey, Always was. It smells to me like we're gonna have visitors. But never whisper your dreams, for someone might be listening. <laughs> And for every wish, there will be a price. Yes. For every desire, there will be a cost. you to respect it. Dad, please be careful. Will. Will. Uh, these boys I'm looking for, perhaps you know them? Fine boy, fine. Both of them quite a credit to this little town, if you want to know the truth. I do want to know the truth, sir. And the truth is that you are lying. Then rang the bells, both loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. Where do you come from? The dust. Where do you go to? The grave. Yes. We are the hungry ones. Your torments call us like dogs in the night. And we do feed. And feed well. Tell me where the boys are hiding. And I can make you young again. Ray Bradbury's fantasy tale of light and darkness is getting closer. Something wicked this way comes. Hey guys, welcome back from watching Something Wicked This Way Comes, right? That's the part of the poem that this that we just watched. Whenever you put it that way, it sounds like a porn. Mm. Something wicked this way comes. Comes. Mm. Now that we've alienated the family listeners. You're welcome. Uh, this was a fucked up movie in a lot of ways. It is. Um, <laughs> I just want to start out before we get into anything by saying that it's not available. You can't find it anywhere streaming. No. Uh, but the, we were we, lied to. We watched my DVD copy. As you do. However, weirdly, today news dropped that the Disney fan club, whatever, mm -hmm. or their store, I think next month they're going to start selling this and um, The Watcher in the Woods on Blu-ray. For, uh, yeah, for, for Halloween. Halloween. So yep, yep. there you go. It's going to be way more available. And I'm kind of glad that we, we got ahead of the curve. Yeah, so, on top of things. Yay. Anyway, something weird this way comes. Let's it's hard to be it. a trendsetter, but here we are. Uh, let's 
yeah, let's talk about it. What is more horrifying than getting what your heart most desires and then having it taken from you? What's worse than that? Yeah. Like death? Yeah. Death sucks. I mean, no one's going to deny us that. But like they're on such a fundamental level. Like that thing that you never talk about that like, oh, it'd be nice if you have it and then just gets taken away. I feel like, uh, yeah, <laughs> that, that's what this movie's about. Having what you've always wanted and then having it taken from you. Yeah. Or getting what you want and then having your ability to enjoy it taken away from you. Yeah. Right. Or it's like a genie situation if you play um, Dungeons and Dragons ever, mm-hmm. the idea of like, genies when you make a wish will do anything with our power to fuck you over yeah after you've made said wish or twist your wish into something that ruins it for you that's the fourth yeah dicks <laughs> and that's essentially what this movie is i won't say it was it about but that's how kind of the premise i guess so, the, the, so the rules of our land are that uh this circus comes to town and they have the power um to make things come true is that what or or to to make things happen and they feed off of your nightmare well your bad emotions your your bad emotions so in order to cause your bad emotions it give they they have their power give you what you most want and then has it like taken from you and hi and then like okay it's a feast sort of a thing like an old woman who was once the town's most beautiful woman gets all her youth and beauty back and then loses her eyesight. Just she can't appreciate it. And did you notice that the the barber his was fucked up. It was like a gay thing, wasn't it? No, his was he wanted so women. He wanted women. He want he loved women so much that they made he him got one. them but he became a woman. Right. Like he the beca- bearded like the, lady, yeah. the freak show bearded lady mm-hmm. in the carnival. It's not a sorry, it's like a carnival, like an old timey Yes. Uh, town to town carnival. Yeah, yeah, not a circus. I'm sorry. Yes. It's and a. Jonathan oh, Rice. Uh, Autumn. The MVP of this movie. <laughs> it plays <laughs> Mr. Black. Fucking incredible. I think I said to you in the middle of the movie, I was like, if they remake this, which they're planning on doing, he should play the dad character now. Yeah. So that we have a lot of different characters. There's a dad, um, the dad of, of our, one of our lead boys. Uh, he wishes he could go back in time and save his son when his son was little and almost died like he lives with being a coward and so that's kind of replayed for him over and over again but he he gets to kind of repay the favor he he saves he saves uh, his son's friend now let me ask you this do you think that because they say it a lot that will and jim could be brothers right do you think they are? Oh, I think if it wasn't a Disney movie, we should explore that. Yes. Yes. So. And his dad, you know, Jim's dad is gone away mysteriously. Well, yeah. <laughs> Let me just get this out of the way real fast. We'll talk about what IMDb said. IMDb just has, in a small American town, a diabolical circus and its demonic proprietor prey on the townspeople. Perfect. So there you go. That was a lot more succinct than I gave, but uh, this whatever. movie is an old school good versus evil movie. Yep. Right. Yes. So you have the town that gets divided by the traditional good small town America, mm-hmm. right? The people that have lived there, uh, who are 
apparently very open and susceptible to um, <laughs> this temptation. Car- yeah, right? to this carnival to come and through. And then this carnival comes in. Not for the, f- and they find out it's been and, through before. And they set up, and they come through once a generation, mm-hmm. right? Correct. So every generation they come through, and then they um, tempt people by offering them, what is it you want? Like the guy who owns the bar used to play football, and he lost an arm and a leg in the war. Yeah. And they give him that arm and a leg back. But, but it comes with the cost of him having to be part of a circus. Like, you, you don't get to go on and well, live he, your no, he, has, he has to start over again as a child. Yeah. Rather than, like, just getting his arm and leg back. He has to start over as, like, a maybe five-year-old and live at the circus. And that's that's how he gets his arm and leg back, which is yeah. fucked up. So, it, it's a whole thing where Mr. Dark, Jonathan Price's character, a very young plays Jenna. the devil mm-hmm. who goes around offering, like, what is it you want? And I think the best scene of the whole movie is when he comes to the library and he's ripping those pages out and he's got a book. It's the diary of the The grandfather. Oh yeah. Who talks about the first time the circus came through Mm -hmm. and he's talking about how Will's dad wants to be young again. Right. He's old. He's an old man, but he's not old because of his body necessarily. He's old because he's old in his heart. Mm -hmm. Right. He's no joy. He's old, (laughs) old man. He's and a grumpy old man. Yeah. He's offering, you know, I'll take you back. I'll make you young again. And he starts out with 30. And every time he every- like demands to know where the kids are, he doesn't answer. He rips a page out and he's like 31, 32. Yeah. And he gets all the way up to what, like 45, I think. Yeah. And that that's kind of what he's holding over the dad's head. The dad doesn't cave uh, it, at it's, all. It's very interesting to me that it's a carnival. I think. Something that's so fun and reminds you of your childhood well but it's also very mysterious and isn't it there's there's the old trope of the no the nomadic people that are the you know the different people you know what i mean yeah, yeah i get that but to me i thought of it as i maybe it's just because i grew up in west virginia i'm sure other states have these like the county fair was a big part of my childhood yeah right like not mine we always had like rides and games and places you could buy food. Yeah, and it, it was like a it, it was a p- big piece of your summer. Right? In New like, Jersey, those were at the Catholic schools. Yeah, they're okay, big carnivals. Yeah, you, I mean, same diff. You had those things. So the and it's a hired that, group that comes through, and you know, sets up this world. What they're selling is your wishes, but also your youth. Yeah, because right? everyone wants something. That goes backwards, right? And it blinds them to the danger in front of them. Yes. The only characters, even like the two boys are split on it. Yes. Because Jim wants to be older. He wants to be an adult because he's being treated like a child. And he, well, and you know, he's kind of the man of his house anyway. And so it's, you know, he he wants to be able to grow up and help his mom and fix things Mm -hmm. and, and do the things that his dad would have done. Um. His dad kind of pieced out. This, um, I feel like, did you feel like they dropped the story of the barber? I think that ended up on the cutting room floor. Did you I, Did you feel that? I think there's a lot of stuff that got cut from this movie. Because um, we kind of saw the beginning of his, of his he, you know, he, he won his thing, the, the cigar store owner, uh, money. He's obsessed with money. And, like, plays the lottery and all this, that, and the other. And at the carnival, he wins the 50-50. He wins $1,000, which, you know, 
in you know 1949 or 1950 whatever it's a shitload of money hell it's a lot of money today and then you see him get into a ferris wheel with a beautiful woman and then the next thing we know he's part of the lineup with the you know with the bearded man and and he's dressed as a very stereotypical cigar uh store statue indian indeed yeah yeah it's it it turns you into almost a caricature of yourself right right like yeah exactly the idea of like the dime store cigar indian yeah the idea of the bearded lady Mm -hmm. i was i it didn't even occur to me to think if that was a gay thing or if it was just like he loved women like a philanderer i think it was he so loved women that now you get to be one so yeah the thing you want you can't really have now makes sense right yeah okay this was not the movie i thought it was going to be at all yeah uh this is a very male-centric you know that we don't really know much about the moms um the only real Will's female. Mom, Will's mom is very. She's she's got the hookup. Find though. Yeah. Like we only get a couple scenes with her. We get war with Jim's mom by default. Um, I think an interesting character that we've not mentioned hmm? is the lightning rod salesman. Yeah. Like, he's such a crux of this movie. I think there's two characters we have not talked about, and he's one of them. The lightning rod salesman. Yeah. This sounds like such a crazy movie, but it, it was just a cast of characters. It was yeah. really interesting though. So. The interesting thing about him is he's kind of the hinge of the movie in a lot of ways mm-hmm. because Dark and the carnival people capture him and torture him because he can tell when storms are coming. And they want... And there's a giant storm that takes them away from That's town. it, yeah. That's so, kind of how they move about Yeah, they're on, trying on to predict storm. how much time do we have like to still conduct our business and not caught in the storm. Right. Totally and forgot about that. He won't tell them. Even when they offer him everything he wants, like yeah. seeing his like dead uh, wife. Yeah, and wife. He um, won't do it because they have he's him on an electric. They have him on an electric yeah, chair. Shocking him. He gives Jim Nightshade. I love that fucking name, by the way. Yep. He gives Jim Nightshade a lightning rod for pennies and like he's a good guy, just because he knows it'll protect his house from what's coming. Right. Like just a solidly fucking good dude. Yeah, it's a good character. Is the other one you wanted to talk about? The red haired guy? Oh, Pam. Pam. Greer. Is that really Pam that's Greer? That's Pam Greer. That witch. I character? called it. I, that's so strange. I was like, that's like a poor man's Pam Greer. She's beautiful, though. It was actually Pam it's Greer. Really Pam Greer? Yeah. So the thing that I find interesting. She played a million roles in yeah, this. Yeah. You talked about, like, oh, he gets in the uh, carousel. Not carousel. What is it? The merry-go-round. Merry-go-round. Yeah. No, it's not merry-go-round. It's, it's the, the one that goes up in. Like, Ferris wheel. Ferris wheel. Oh, God am I. Uh, <laughs> We're so in, old. Yeah. Well, if we were really old, we would know Ferris wheel. Fair. That's yeah. fair. Uh, he gets in the Ferris wheel with Pam Greer, and you're like, oh my god, he's with this beautiful woman. This town is like super progressive because all of these dudes are like, hello, lady that's not white. And right. all over her. Yeah. <laughs> they, that's what I meant. And like it she doesn't come up at all. <laughs> she plays this poor cast of characters. She plays anytime there is a female that is not a mother, it's Pam Greer. Yeah. Because Pamper is versatile as fuck. Yeah. She's that androgynous ethnicity that Hollywood loves. You mean black. No. Pamper is very black. No, I know. But, you know, they 
They had her as Ar- uh, Arabic. They had her as, like, she, she was all kind of a million yeah. different things. She can change her form. And I think we get to see it once where she's got that crazy, like... The spider thing? White nightmare face. Give me some trivia about this other than that I noticed it was Pam Greer. I'm pretty proud of myself for that. You should have. I mentioned her in the front half of the podcast. Dang it! But I, you know, I quickly forget such things. Uh, so a special effects sequence that took place at the beginning of the film was cut before the movie hit theaters. Uh, so the carnival was going to materialize from the smoke of the train. Cool. Uh, coming out of the engine, it was going to be ropes and canvas tents. Trees, Tree limbs would grow together to form a Ferris wheel, and a spider web mutated into a wheel of fortune. Budget cut. Uh, the sequence was the first time that computer animation was used to animate organic material was combined with traditional animation so it was going to be like a little bit of computer animation and a little also bit like of reality hand-drawn animation cool like disney animation and it just and the scene was deemed not convincing enough by disney executives and was cut from the film at the very last minute i wonder if it'll be on that blu-ray that yeah. they just announced it was described in an issue of twilight zone magazine which was released the same month of the film which assumed the scene was going to be in the final print but mm-hmm. it was not and i don't think it's ever been shown that'd be kind so. of a cool bonus then I think this is interesting, and I'd like to talk about this. Please. Trivia. So after a poor test screening, Disney held back the release of the film for a year to re-edit. Film additional and replacement scenes, huh. including special effects sequences, Hate with me. a second unit director and add opening narration and hire James okay. to rewrite a completely new score, all of which added millions to the budget. By the way, this movie was a huge flop. Yeah. When watching the film, it's quite obvious which scenes... Uh, yes, it is. attack because the kids are like a year older. Yep. They're like a foot taller. I, okay. I knew there was something wrong. Yeah. There are a lot of spiders in this movie. There a are. Lot. If you don't like spiders, this may be not your movie. I did not. Um, and I still don't. So, And also the Mirror Maze Climax was reshot. And that was yeah. entirely different. And they yeah, were it, way older. They just kept like leading up to, like, oh, this Mirror Maze, Mirror Maze. Yeah. And then... Yeah, uh, so Bradbury and the original filmmakers were not pleased with the CU's intervention. Absolutely Or the not. added effects, and the picture ended up being a flop when it was released in 1983, despite Disney's attempts to make it, quote, more audience-friendly. Nope. Uh, Should have just left it. Yeah. This you movie, can't take Ray Bradbury and improve upon it. Sorry, guys. Yeah. So let's, before I get more, in, more into trivia, I just want to talk about this. This movie is good, but not great. Yeah, and there, I think there was a great movie in here at one point, and there's scenes that are so creepy, like there's an intent. Two favorite scenes in this whole movie that I are. think are super creepy are the one we talked about in the library where he's ripping the pages mm-hmm. of the book. Right? Very well and done. Then they give Jason Rupert a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Like Pam Greer touches him, and she's like, you know, slower so... and slows his heart down. Yep. And then the fight sequence on the merry-go-round, like the whole ending. Mm-hmm. Um. A big point of the book, is, and if I'm remembering this as correctly as I think I am, is the idea that if they feed on negative emotions, you fight them with positive emotions. Right. Which is why at the end when Jim Nightshade is sick and then they've done the whole thing of fighting Dark on the merry-go-round that... They're laughing and... He's like, you gotta laugh. Like, you can't be mm-hmm. sad right now. Being sad makes them stronger. Right. You have to be happy. You have to fight those negative emotions. So this movie is really about coming to terms with like who you are as a person and being comfortable with that idea. Right. Yeah. Like Jim Nightshade has to be, um, has to be a kid. Like he has to accept I'm a kid. Yeah. Right? He, I'll be he, an adult in my own time, but I don't am rush a child. It. Right. Will is the same way. Will has this thing of like, 
you know, I I have a father who loves me, and he's maybe not the dad that I would have imagined. I would like, you know, he kind of wants a younger dad. Who's right. More well, active yeah. And can play with him, but he accepts his dad's great, right? Right. And his Good dad, for his Jason Fubards, has to accept the fact that, like, my body's old, but, like, that doesn't mean that you... my heart and my spirit has to be right. old. So... You kind end, of define your youth sort of a thing. Yeah, in the end, when he's, like, dancing off with him down the street, it's a really upbeat moment. Yes. It, you know, it's, it's it's acceptance. Like, you... I think it's very interesting, and I like the fact that you beat these horrible, evil things that come to tempt you with, like, what do you want? Do you want to be young? And you tempt... Do you want to... But they, you beat them by Just laughter. You laugh, and you accept, hey, I love me for me. And yeah. And this is... It is what it is. Like, I can't control it i just can i can laugh about it i don't it's not such a big deal i don't have to have these things it's okay that's such a fucking amazing positive that's ray bradbury y'all i love it so i just wanted to break off to talk about that for a second Um, i bradbury a bradbury stan i uh very surprised that i hadn't read this but go ahead it explains because it's a book and so pre-80s disney regulars Mm -hmm. like darren mcgavin dick van dyke and doug jones or Dean Jones, sorry, I had to flashback to Pants Labyrinth, <laughs> uh, were the first consideration for the role of Charles Halloway that ultimately went to. Um, it, he was a. Uh, yeah. They also considered Walter Matthau, Jack Lemon, James Garner, and Hal Holbrook. Now. Hal Holbrook would have been good. Fucking Hal Holbrook would have been so good. Yeah, he's the quintessential. quintessential oh, he's old, but not really. I'm, er, er, I, Listeners, yeah. you would know Hal Holbrook from our creep show episode. I know Hal Holbrook from Designing Women. He's yeah. Julia Sugarbaker's beau. I know Hal Holbrook from The Fog. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. Because I fucking love that movie. Yes, you do. I uh, will say, Cindy, that the end of the book, when they go back in time, like they're fighting on the Ferris wheel, and then it goes backwards. Yes. Right, with Dark, Jonathan Bryce, the imp- fucking MVP of this movie, for sure. They fall off the merry- or off the merry-go-round. And they're dealing with Jim. And in this movie, it goes forward. Right. And they do that crazy effect where, like, he gets ancient. He yes. He looks like a goddamn something out of Indiana Jones' nightmare. Yeah. It was actually a very good effect. <laughs> yeah. In the book, he falls off. And then as they're dealing with Jim, who's, like, sick and dying from being on the merry-go-round and dealing with all that stuff, uh, a child comes begging them for help. But Halloway, Jason Robards, right. recognizes the child as Mr. Dark. And he holds the boy tight and kills him with affection because Mr. Dark cannot survive in such close contact with someone so happy. And the carnival falls apart as Will tries to revive Jim. They save Jim by singing and dancing and laughing. Their happiness bringing him back from the edge of death. Very Ray Bradbury. So that's, in a nutshell, what this movie's about. It's about kindness and love yeah. and generosity and that they're that's those are the greatest tools we have in something that we should actively work on exercising every day absolutely unless you won't get a vaccine and then i'm not going to be so kind and nice sorry did you did you like this movie i liked this movie a lot there were i can see you know there are obviously a lot of flaws a lot of like eh, this isn't but it was such a it was fun i get what you mean like it's a fun scary movie it definitely hit every single creep factor you can think of, but yeah. it it still, I didn't mind it. It was good. Yeah. Got a few jump scares in, like it got to do those. and I I think it 
it has a lot going for it. Like we talked about, you know, good versus evil, mm-hmm. and, you know, love and affection, and all that. It's also about aging with grace and kind of accepting your lot in life. But I don't normally say this about the movies that we watch because I kind of come to them on their own terms and I try to respect them. But I feel like this movie needs to be remade. Yeah, it has a lot of potential. Right. Um, I would love to see a remake of the book that's a little more accurate to the book. Oh, yeah. The the problem with a lot of Bradbury stuff is it has such a very... He just has his kind of voice going through it all. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so when you start to kind of fuck around with that, it doesn't make sense anymore. Look at... They've done two Fahrenheit 451 movies, and they've they've both been kind of a flop. Yeah. Like a, like a shit in the pan. However, the book is international bestseller, never been out of print, da-da, you know, like, why can't they just make a good movie about this? I think this movie, if they remade it, it should be directed by Issa Lopez, who did Tigers Are Not Afraid. Oh. That is my pick. That's who should make this movie. I think she would have a really nice spin on that, too. Um, I would like to see a female take on something this wicked this way comes. Especially because, like I said, it's such a male-centric casting and story. Mm -hmm. Which makes sense. It was written by a man. My God. Can she... That woman can direct children. (laughs) Well, yeah, she can direct children. She has a a very interesting take and way that she moves the camera. I would watch this again. I don't think the kids would watch it. I just think that it's too slow for them. It's definitely for, like, maybe 25 and up. Just because, like, the pacing is so old school. We did watch this with the 75-year-old. She she liked it. Um, anything else? No. Uh, I think that's <laughs> it. Um, I mean, uh, can you archive it? No. I th- mm, think okay. you can. There is. I, don't, I wouldn't say there's action. It, this isn't like a... I mean, there are... There are moments. I think it drags at times. There are definitely... I don't think it's an action-y movie. Drag, but... Uh, it is kind of revolutionary. Mm-hmm. There aren't any killings. Nobody dies. I watched a man get turned into a skeleton. In okay. My eyes. Okay. All right. So, okay. One. Oratory. Yes. Fantasy. Yes. <laughs> and speech. no fornication. Uh, For the love of God, no. Hey. There mm-hmm. are dancing ladies. There are dancing ladies, there and there's a mom slow dancers. dancing with a man in the living room. There are dancing belly dancers, and then they all surround and basically begin a weirdo orgy with the barbershop Ooh, guy. Yeah. So I would say, for like a kid's movie, it definitely gets it's, close. It's, it's an 80s kid's movie for sure. What are we watching next week? Yeah, we're going to do another 80s kid's movie. Nice. What is it going to be? We're going to watch... The Gate. The Gate. I'm actually really pumped about this one. Can I have a year? It's uh, 1987. Okay. I can handle it. It was late 80s. I can handle it. Thanks. It's Canadian. Oh. (laughs) Maybe she's born with it. Maybe she's Canadian. All right. right. Well then, until next time. I'm Josh. And I'm Cindy. And I'm still his girlfriend. Yay. Yay.